strong women, smart policy, solid theology, and no apology. You're listening to Women for America, a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the nation's largest public policy organization for women, bringing you biblical perspectives to today's most pressing issues. Here's your host, CEO and President, Penny Nates. Mr. Secretary, it is always such a great honor to be here with you and for you to join us in any moment, and uh, particularly on this issue, because you have been so um, important in our relationship with Israel. But first, I just want to remind people a little bit of all the amazing things you have done. At my house, my husband and I have a saying that we like it when the good guys win. And you, uh, Mr. Secretary, you and Susan are definitely the good guys. You've gone from being a congressman in Kansas, and that's how I got to know you, and then um, on to the director of the CIA. And then, of course, you were President Trump's secretary of state. But I don't know if people recognize how what a pivotal role you played in negotiating the Abraham Accords and um, just, you know, all the work you did behind the scenes. So it let us at this moment just thank you for just how important you have been to our country, the great work you have done for our country over the many years. Well, bless you, Penny. That's very kind. Uh, we like it when the good guys win too, and you and your team are are all of that as well. Bless you. Well, so let's get right into it. Of course, we all were just horrified on October 7th when we saw that um, 1,200 Israelis were murdered, 10,000 were injured, 240 were taken hostages. And of course, now about 100 have been released, but we know there's about 120 hostages still being held in Gaza. And of those number are still children and still um, Americans. And one particular family that I'll just hold up and, you know, we have the picture on our website is the Biba family, Biba's family. And this is little baby Kafir and Ariel and his parents. And so um, we're not exactly sure where they are, but we know that um, they were taken hostage. Uh, Mr. Secretary, what can you tell us about, you know, maybe behind the scenes or um, any information that we should know specifically to be praying for the hostages? Well, Penny, thank you. Uh, I'm so glad you shared that picture uh, and are talking about the families. Oftentimes in the discussions one sees in the news, it becomes about big things, geopolitics, Iran, I, 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 all of those matter. They, but this is deep and personal. And what happened on October 7th is historic. The carnage, the, bar, the barbarity that took place that day, we cannot forget these were real human lives that were, were impacted and that there remain hostages, including American hostages that are still held. I hope that a month or two months from now, we don't lose sight of the, of the human peace of what has taken place in this historic biblical place of Israel. It is important to stay focused on that and not just get caught up in the the, the fights on Capitol Hill or what's happening at the United Nations. Um, you know, as for on the ground, um, I'll, I'll head back to Israel in the beginning of January, uh, but the Israeli defense forces are achieving their objective. So their first objective was to try to two, twofold, right? Get the hostages home, all of them, get them home now. And second, to destroy Hamas so that they didn't have the terror cells sitting on their uh, uh, southern and western border. 
They're making progress on each front, but neither of these is easy and neither of them will be quick. Uh, I am I am prayerful that they are continuing to find hostages who are alive. Yesterday, they brought home the bodies of two hostages mm-hmm. uh, who had, had, had died in captivity. Uh, I don't want to say a whole lot more than that, but make no mistake about it. The senior, most senior leadership, not only in Israel, um, but others who are working on this are intensely focused on getting these folks back home to their families. I, I hope that they're successful. And then they got to do the second thing. And this is Penny. I know we'll spend time on this. Um, I, I try not to do politics when national security is uh, the topic. And President Biden in the moment did a nice job. He was supportive of Israel and provided them the things that they needed. I'm very worried that that won't continue. Uh in, in, in the face of what Israel must do, there will be horrific pictures. We've seen some of them inside of Gaza, but the mission is necessary. And I pray that the American administration will not handcuff, will not mm-hmm. tie the Israelis down. So, so that puts them in a place that they'll have another October 7th in the months or years ahead. Well, I, I, uh, there's so much there. Uh, first, I just want to go back to the barbarity of October 7th. And, um, and I were, I was so disgusted by the fact that people that were so-called feminist refused to recognize that Israeli women were raped and murdered and perhaps continue to be. And I'm completely heartbroken to hear that they've found, uh, two of the hostages, hostages dead. And I know there's been others, um, CWA, Mr. Secretary, has been working with the families, have been taking them on Capitol Hill. We've taken them to meet seven Republican women senators, and then also working with Kathy Morse Rogers on the House side, Democrats and Republican women, for them to tell their stories. And one of the things I said, and I'm so glad you just mentioned this, was let's all get ready. This was before, when at the beginning of the war, the Knesset had just declared war and they had, the IDF was starting to go into Gaza. And, and I said to them, I held up a picture of little Abigail Ab- Adon. And I said, remember this baby's picture. Remember her when in about 10 minutes, everyone turns and blames the Israelis. And there's horrific pictures coming out of Gaza because we know that Hamas has no respect for human life and has a track record of using their own people as human shields. Yet the media likes to declare moral equivalency when there's no moral equivalency. So I'd love for you to kind of talk about that. I even had someone who's very bright ask me, what is Hamas? You know, some people, maybe we should start there and explain who they are. They're not a people group, right? Sure. So, so this is a terrorist organization Mm -hmm. and it is often hard. And, uh, you know, I had this incredible privilege to serve and then the incredible burden of seeing firsthand what these terrorists do. Uh, you're right. Um, they, they, they raped women. They got the heads off of babies. I've, I've seen the extended video. It's, uh, it's, it's life-changing for any of us Mm -hmm. who, who value human life in the way that, uh, are we do in America who, who honor our Judeo-Christian heritage um, th- these are terrorists, and their funding is coming from Iran, and their singular purpose, as stated in the charter, is the elimination of the Jewish homeland, the nation of Israel. That, that that purpose is not going to change. They're not going to be persuaded. Often in the West, we think, gosh, if we could all just sit down and have a conversation, we could just figure this out together. 
uh, it's in the finest traditions of us to to pray for that, but it ain't happening. Mm -hmm. And the recognition of that requires a response that matches the barbarity and the indecency and the lack of humanity. And so I, I understand the impulse of those who say, gosh, can't we get to a ceasefire? I, I, I appreciate where that comes from. It is irrational and it is dangerous mm -hmm. to push for these things that present risk to the nation of Israel and to those families who want their hostages home. Uh, these terrorists understand one simple thing. It is, it is force. They are determined. That determination and that resolve have to be matched by us, Penny, to your yeah. point about how you open. It has to be matched by the good guys the people who do want to protect everyone, including those people who are living under Hamas inside of Gaza as well. That's right. Um, and of course, in 2005, Israel unilaterally uh, gave uh, Gaza over to the people, the Gazans. And then they, of course, in 2005, elected Hamas as their leaders. And it's been, you know, uh, a one-sided war because we know rockets come over regularly into Israel, and that was pretty normal, but the invasion was a whole nother level. Um, I want to go back to what you're saying about the Biden administration. We 100% agree with you that Israel is a sovereign nation. This is their September 11th. And they, in order to be safe, because as we know, Hamas has continued to say that they will keep attacking until they have destroyed all of Israel. So only one side of the equation is even given a thought to a two-state solution. There cannot be a two-state solution when one side wants to kill every single person in the entire country of Israel. And so Israel, uh, the Israelis have, I believe, a responsibility to keep their citizens safe. And of course, there's 55 minority, excuse me, majority Muslim nations in this in the world, and only one Jewish state, and they have a right to their homeland. So, talk to me a little bit about the Biden administration. You know, I'll tell you what I think, and and you can answer. Maybe I'd love to hear your perspective. But the fact that um, the Biden administration has been so weak in the Middle East on foreign policy. Of course, we had the the horrific withdrawal from um, from the Middle East early early in the uh, the Biden administration, and we have signaled to our enemies that we have no strength, we have no uh, willingness to stand up to them, and I think it makes all of us uh, less safe. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, Penny, these um, if if there's one thing that I witnessed firsthand as a, a practitioner. It was is that your adversaries are constantly evaluating uh, how you might respond, and it is their perception of how you might respond that drives their behavior, and it's all connected. Um, like Afghanistan, you believe is connected? Oh, oh un undoubtedly, it's connected. Uh, the, the fact that we lost deterrence in Europe as well, and have a ground war now in Europe. Uh, th th these are all connected things. When President Biden spoke about a minor incursion being okay in Europe, the the the, the bad guys just watch this, and um, they they are they are constantly they, they, their percept their their objectives don't change. It is just their perception of risk, and so uh, it is undoubtedly the case that the 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 the, pe the people who did this were the terrorists, the uh, Hamas terrorists, but. This is part of a larger geopolitical struggle, which is led by the leadership in Tehran, the Islamic Republic of Iran. 
that makes unambiguous its desire to eliminate uh, the little Satan, Israel, and the big Satan, the United States of America. They're unequivocal about that. They're unabashed. They, they speak it plainly and openly. We should take them at their word. And to, to have started the administration by taking one of their proxies, they're called the Houthis that are in Yemen, who daily fire rockets, not, not into Israel, the United States, but into the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, to, to their fellow Muslim nation, um, and to have taken them off the terror list, and then begun to have negotiations with the Iranians and called the kingdom of Saudi Arabia a pariah state, set the context against which October 7th was imaginable. Such a fundamental shift from the progress that had been made that ultimately delivered the Abraham Accords, such a fundamental shift by the United States, the, the only power that can truly shape the context for the possible in the Middle East, uh, for, for them to have essentially, for the Biden administration to have said, hey, we're going to go back uh, to the Obama idea of balancing Iran and honoring their interests and negotiating with what is a theological terrorist nation uh, was a mistake that provided the backdrop for the horrors of October 7th. It wasn't the cause, but it was certainly connected to the to the belief that this was the moment to strike against an objective that they've held for decades and which they will continue to hold until they are fully eliminated. Well said. Um, I was so privileged during the Trump administration to get to watch you in action, Mr. Secretary, as the chief diplomat of our country. You wore that mantle so well, as did your wife, Susan, and I'm very grateful for that. And I know you did a lot of work with the Saudis. And, and you know, at one point, it, and I know that during the Trump administration, we were very close to there being, a, a, I guess it would be called trilateral agreement, between Israel, U.S. and the Saudi and Saudi Arabia and trade agreements and really opening up that relationship with another majority Muslim country for Israel. But, you know, I know and I know that Hamas dreaded that because that makes them weaker and it makes Iran weaker for that to happen. Is Do we have any hope of that going forward with this administration? You know, Penny, I, I do think we, we still can head down that path because I believe it's in everyone's best interest. And in the end, with good work by America, uh, people will drive towards their own best interest. They'll feel the space to go do that. You know, but it's important to think about why uh, we did that. You were very complimentary about the work that I did. It was a big team. It was Secretary Mnuchin. It was Jared Kushner. And of course, we had a great boss who gave us the space to go do that, President Trump as well. Um, none of this happens without Prime Minister Netanyahu, President Trump, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, the Emirati leadership, uh, Mohammed bin Zayed. These are remarkable forward-thinking leaders. But it doesn't happen without the United States and a strong America who will permit them to do the necessary things for their own nation. And that's where we were. We 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 actually got it right. Uh, everyone knew that the connection between the United States and Israel was unbreakable. We we literally. Not only the move of the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, but the recognition of the as the Golan Heights as part of Israel. All of the elements signaled to the world that that bond between our two nations, these two histories, was just literally unbreakable. That created the conditions for something that benefited America enormously. Uh, when we think about the Abraham Accords, we think about the Middle East. I always think about my uh, my former colleagues that are Marines or soldiers or sailors, and we've lost a lot of our young men and women fighting in the Middle East. 
And so to the extent we could create a path for peace and for prosperity there, it reduced a lot of risk to our boys and girls. And that was that was the motivation for me. Um, I always want to do a good turn for the world and for humanity. But for us, it was how do we create the conditions that we can create less less tension, less less risk of war. And here we are, uh, a war in the Middle East not long after we departed. Well, and um, again, I was so grateful that the Trump administration did such great work and you were very pivotal in moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And thank God we had a president that believed in living up to his word. And like at 22 years uh, and how many uh, presidents before him that had to take specific action to stop it from moving. So he was the first one that actually said, oh, I said I was going to do this. Okay, we're going to do it. And it was just the Israelis were so happy. And I was grateful to get to be there on that day of the opening of the embassy. And so thank you for your work on that. Oh my gosh, you know, know, Penny, it's worth, it's worth, you know, spending just a second on that. Sure. It was so, it was so lovely to watch Mm -hmm. uh, because the entire State Department, I was at the CIA at the time still, most of the analysts at the CIA, everyone thought this would create World War III. Yes. And we, we we did the hard work of of reducing that risk. It wasn't impossible that there could have been a bad day or, or conflict to break out. It wasn't unimaginable. But we did the hard work to reduce that risk. And then we had a president who simply said, I campaigned on this. I promise this. It is the decent, right thing to do. The Israelis believe Jerusalem is their capital. For goodness sake, let's just do it. And he enabled the team to go out and, and execute it. Uh, I, uh, I I joked with the president from time to time that, you know, I I, uh, I worked for someone else in the primary in 2016. A uh, lot of people did. Yeah, there were a lot of there were a lot of talented, good good mm-hmm. people. I, I don't know that there's anyone else um, but President Trump who would have done that and taken the risk that um, that was there because it was real. But it was the right thing to do. I had a team around him of folks like me who were very supportive of that. Uh, and I'm, I'm, and we got it right. And we didn't have World War III. And in fact, what we signaled to the world was, um, let's create conditions for peace in Jerusalem and in Israel and in the broader Middle East. Agreed, 100%. That was just an incredible moment. I did, just a little aside, were, I think you, did. were you the first state, uh, Secretary of State to go to the Western Wall? Do I remember that correctly? So I, I I went to the I went to the Western Wall with Prime Minister Netanyahu, and then I, I also went to Judea and Samaria. Ah, which was, yeah. Which was also just just I, everyone applauded on 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 our side. It just seemed natural. It just this right. part, these these places were part of historic Israel, and I I wanted to go there and be there with those people. We we recognized that the goods that were built there and made there were Israeli goods uh, and they ought not to be boycotted or those companies divested from uh, simple truths that we were able to speak with enormous clarity. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to go back to Judea and Samaria with uh, ambassador Friedman. We did a movie called route 60, uh, which, uh, which was just a lot of fun and told the story that, you know, we couldn't do that today, by the way, with the conflict, but told the story of the history of this place in a way that I hope everyone can get a chance to see, uh, because it's, it, you, you pick up the Bible and then you walk the real estate and it happened. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is indisputable. And it yeah. was so great to be there with Rabbi Friedman, Ambassador Friedman. And he told the story from a Jewish perspective. I told it from the perspective of an evangelical Christian. Uh, and as I reflect on the war that we have today, mm-hmm. It reminds me 
uh, that, and you spoke about this, there, there is no moral equivalence. This is not shades of gray. This is pretty darn straightforward. And we need to, we, uh, not just America, but those of us who believe in sovereignty and human dignity need to be on the side of right here for as long as it takes. Amen. And as a, and I know you and Susan are even past Sunday school teachers, so I would fully expect you all to back in the day in Samaria, <laughs> which prepared you for the State Department. Which is for, it was little boys, I think, that you all were in your class. So yes, that was perfect for you to to move into the State Department and try to keep order there. Which brings me to, and I'm just got. I know you've only got a few minutes left, but um, wanted to get this question in there. I, I mean, talking about school children, I, the the Biden administration has no control over its own agencies. And I was uh, appalled when, uh, and, and I know you ran into this as well, but it was a little bit more under, a clo- <laughs> you know, under the cover of uh, trying to knife you in the back as a secretary. But they went full on with a letter, a public letter uh, in, in, you know, disputing what President Biden is doing with Israel. Do you have any comment on that? Like what on earth? Yeah. Well, you would see WA know this. Um, you are out there doing hard work on Capitol Hill. You're out there working with agencies, uh, telling the story. And you see these bureaucracies. Mm-hmm. Um, you see them being unresponsive. I, I do have a thought. My, my thought is this. Um, I've, I've run lots of uh different organizations. Uh, you know, I ran a tank platoon and State Department, the CIA. I had a little office when I was a member of Congress. You're running the CWA. If, if people don't understand and share the mission of the organization, they ought to go do something different. Right. Um, it is It is not okay. It is not permissible uh, to undermine the mission set. And today the mission set is the Biden administration's mission set. Um, everyone working in the administration ought to be doing those things that President Biden is asking them to do in the same way um, we wanted them to be doing the things President Trump wanted. Um, it is really dangerous to permit the bureaucracy to do that. We would have never allowed the scale and the public uh, countering of the mission to take place in this same way. Um, I hope the Biden administration will will do that up. They'll clean it up and they'll tell folks, hey, you're entitled to your own views, but not not as part of this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Secretary, CWA has been working very hard. We have about 250 collegiate chapter, chapters called Young Women for America. And in response to the anti-Semitism that um, boiled over after October 7th, I mean, honestly, I think I was a little naive to understand what was happening. I didn't understand that it was uh, that anti-Semitism was alive and well and, and you know, sort of harkened back to the 1930s. Um, but our YWA girls are standing up doing prayer vigils on their college campuses. They've done 11 so far and uh, brought, bringing in the Jewish students and praying for them and praying over them. And I've been there at some of these and watched these Jewish students with tears in their eyes talk about how much it means to them to have Christians on campus stand alongside them. Um, I just wondered if you had any comment, last comment on um, just this level of anti-Semitism that we are seeing right now around this country. I mean, as shocking as it is, um, perhaps you had some notion of it that I wasn't aware of or just any any thoughts on that? Penny, first of all, bless those young women. I'll pray for them. We should all pray for them that they'll continue to stand strong and that they'll be safe. Um, this is a moral issue. There's also a security issue. These um, These protesters are 
um, creating real physical risk to the Jewish students and certainly anyone that is standing alongside of them. But it is morally the right thing to do. And uh, bless you and CWA for encouraging them and helping them uh, make sure they get this right. You know, as for anti-Semitism on our campuses, and I actually think the challenge is even greater. I think it sits in a lot of our institutions today, even off of campuses. You know this. You know these young women uh, on college campuses. These are places of moral decay. Yeah. That have that have moved away from being truly American universities, and who, who have these ideas of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and oppressor classes, are so inconsistent with our Constitution and our founding. And I think the anti-Semitism is a an element of that that we're seeing brought to bear. I would have never guessed that we would see uh, administrations fail in the way they have at these yeah. institutions. If the anti-Semitism appears, they had a responsibility to not only protect these students but stop the threatening and harassment that is taking place. And then we all have the obligation to make sure that we understand uh, the, uh, the the central thesis of our founding, our Judeo-Christian history. And that means that anti-Semitism everywhere, anti-Zionists, those who are attacking the right of Israel to exist is simply out of bounds. It is unacceptable. It's not about a difference of opinion. Uh, this is the truth, and we should simply speak it every place and with the moral clarity and decency and with a kind heart every place that we can. That was so well said. It, we are so uh, morally broken right now that we, we've we lost our ways in many of our institutions. But I'm so grateful for you as a great leader and also um, coming alongside us and as we bring up this next generation of leaders. So thank you so much for your time, Mr. Secretary. We so appreciate you. Give our love to Susan. Bless you. We look forward to watching all that you're doing and are very grateful for your work. Benny, bless you. Have a most blessed Christmas and holiday season. You so too. long. Merry Bye-bye. Christmas. Thanks for listening to this episode of Women for America. To keep up with the work that we're doing, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and head to our website, concernedwomen.org.